Welcome to Prodigal and the Priest, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. I'm Joey Scancella, joined by my co-host, Father Paul Bechter. Joey, how are you doing? Good <laughs> Father, to see you again. Father Paul, I wish all of you could be in the studio, aka the Youth Ministry Conference office, um, uh, to see Father Paul's reactions when he says, like, hello, how are you? This in- intro exchange, is, is it's worth gold. Yeah, we we need to work on this, <laughs> on the chemistry here. <laughs> need to work on the chemistry for sure. But we welcome you to episode two. Um, you know, this past Sunday we just celebrated um, Pentecost, and Pentecost is obviously the the birthday of the church. Some say um, um, we talk about um, the Holy Spirit a lot, and we just wanted to take this opportunity today because this is about faith. It is about sports. It is about two friends, and we have very different perspectives, very different backgrounds on the Holy Spirit. Yet we still love respect. We have both deep devotions to the Holy Spirit. Um, we've encountered Him in very large ways in our lives and so um we just want to we want to talk about what we just went through i think we go through pentecost at least for me as a youth minister and i've been helping with the live stream so i've been able to be there for mass and different things and i feel like for most people you know if they've even stuck with mass past easter or or celebrations like that the average person i think pentecost is just kind of like nonchalant eh, why is it a big deal What's, you know, kind of what's the background on it? And so this is where I love Father Paul's intellect and knowledge and background on it. So could you give us a little background, Pentecost, Holy Spirit, a little bit of, uh, you know, why is this important for the average person? Why is this important for the churchgoer? Why is this important for the church in general? Okay, yeah. So Pentecost, as you said, in a very real way is considered the birth of the church. If you read in Acts 2, that's what we read on the Feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We read about how all the apostles were gathered in the upper room, how they had devoted themselves since the ascension nine days earlier uh, to praying of one accord with this wonderful Greek word homothumadon, um, which means like of one spirit with this deep unity, this invincible unity in prayer, praying to receive the promise of the Father. Um, Jesus told them, wait in Jerusalem, and then you will receive uh, this gift of the Holy Spirit, this power from on high. And so that's what they're doing. They're there together with Mary, uh, who knows the Holy Spirit intimately, right? Who yeah. conceived our Lord by the Holy Spirit. And they're dedicating themselves in this first prayer novena, nine days from the Ascension to Pen- Pentecost. Then on the Feast of Pentecost itself, it says, and suddenly a sound like a rushing wind came upon the room, and there were tongues of fire over everyone in the room, and they began to speak in these these other languages um, so that everyone who was around could understand them in their own language. And they're like, how did these Galileans know how to do this? Right, they thought they were drunk, right? Yeah, they thought they had been drinking a little bit too much wine. They're so overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit at this Feast of Pentecost. Um, now there's something interesting that goes on in Acts of the Apostles, but also just if you move, say, from the Gospel of Pentecost, um, which is from John, uh, 21, I believe, or 20, um, I think it's John 20, and Jesus breathes on the apostles and says, receive the Holy Spirit. But then 
after the resurrection and the ascension, they dedicate themselves to praying to receive the Holy Spirit again. And that's mm. always been kind of a confusing thing. Yeah. Right? Like once you've received the Holy Spirit <laughs> in this great gift, why why again? Right. Um, and you see it throughout the Acts of the Apostles, some um, how this can kind of happen, how the it seems like it's not just a one time thing, but it also is in this way. So that's something I've just been pondering, especially over the course of this last year. Being at St. Anne, there is a uh, a strong. There's a lot of people at St. Anne at, at my parish um, who are my very, parish also. Yeah, our parish, <laughs> our parish, <laughs> who very much love um, sort of the charismatic uh, spirituality right. in Catholicism, and so I've learned quite a lot about that, and it's very beautiful. But it's not where I come from normally, mm. so I'm always having to to rethink that. Um, and try and understand it kind of with the categories that I'm that I'm used to, right? And it's been a, a really beautiful time over the course of this year trying to do that. Uh, Joey, do you think that you, being more rooted in the charismatic tradition, um, could say something about the gift of the Holy Spirit yeah. and the understanding yeah. of the power of the Holy Spirit? That was a smooth transition. Thank you, Father Paul. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm working on my transitions. Yeah, when we uh, when we talked about this, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that you know we come from such different cultures. Just even me and Father Paul. Like, um, I I don't think it's a bad thing to say this. And tell me if you agree with this. But obviously, the difference of a Franciscan to University of Dallas, um, yeah. a, a much more you know University of Dallas, a classical approach. You know, Franciscan is not. Um, and, and I do think there is a richness and a beauty um, in some more traditional elements of the faith that UD um, carries and values, and mm-hmm. that a Franciscan um, approach is a little bit, at least my perspective, and I'm not speaking for Franciscan University in any way, but uh, my, um, my encounter with the Holy Spirit definitely was through net ministry and Franciscan University, in that I met a lot of people who lived and were empowered by the Holy Spirit, uh, called on the Holy Spirit um, through prayer and a lot of their daily life and actions, and really uh, let that, uh, you know, lead them and move them in their life. And so I first encountered just a relationship with the Holy Spirit, because I think it's something we'll talk about here within today that I just don't think most people have a relationship or know that you should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Do you agree Mm. with that? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do. The Holy Spirit's very much the forgotten member of the Trinity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we give them these token events. We give them a confirmation. Or we give, you know, maybe like the Holy Spirit is mentioned at baptism and this. And every time, even though we make the sign of the cross, we say in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you know, um, I feel like it's the forgotten person. Like, And so, you know, you can identify the Father and you can say, okay, here's the Father, the creator, all of that. You have the son who redeemed us, who was sent, you know, to die on the cross. And then when we get to the Holy Spirit, it's always this just kind of weird thing like, yeah, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And even, you know, as somebody who had to read the catechism and study the catechism at Franciscan, you know, even just having the symbols we do, right? You have clouds, you have fire, you have wind, you have a thumb, I think it actually mentions in the catechism as mm-hmm. a um, kind of... Um, um, a representation of the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah. And so... That's in 
That's in one of the one of the hymns. One yeah. of the hymns. There you go. And so you know, it, it's just it's very confusing to people. I think I think the average Catholic, because I was for a, a bunch of years of my life, would say, "Why do I need a relationship with the Holy Spirit? If I know the Father and I know the Son, why do I need a relationship?" And uh, you know, for me personally, it's been an aspect to say, "Well, I believe that we need a relationship because the Holy Spirit moves in power and moves in might. It's a third person of the Trinity, so that's an important fact right there." And that I, I think. I've come to see in my life that people that are led by the spirit, there is something different about them. Mm-hmm. Like they are visibly different. They are visibly changed. They have the boldness and the courage. They use the gifts of the Holy spirit. Um, unlike other people I've seen, I don't know. That's my experience. What has been mm-hmm. yours with that kind of idea of like, why should people have a relationship with the Holy spirit? Like what is your relationship with the Holy spirit been like? Um, like I said, mine was encountered through net Franciscan more in a charismatic element, um, mm-hmm. of praise and worship, calling on the Holy spirit, the spiritual gifts, um, which we're not going to go into too much here today. Um, but, um, all those aspects that I encountered, um, what has yours been? And I mean, if it's not too personal, how's your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Yeah, yeah. Well, so the the first basic answer to that question of like, why is it important is because Jesus said so. And that's something <laughs> I come back to all the time, right? Because he actually says that it's better if I go so I can send you the gift of the Holy Spirit than if he stays. Like, if you stop and think about what that means, he's saying it is better for us to be led by the power and the guidance of the indwelling Holy Spirit, this gift that he gives, than it is for him to be physically present with us, which is ridiculous. Like, that is an outrageous claim, Um, but it's Jesus and he means it. (laughs) And so we have to take that seriously. But Um, do most people believe that? Let's just be well, honest. Let's I, stop I think there. Like, I think, like, practically speaking, uh, no. I, no. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's it's a hard thing to come to grips with. Right. Um, but, yeah, so for me, one of the – for me, I tend – when I think about the Holy Spirit, I tend especially to think about the creative and recreative power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas actually calls the Holy Spirit the very principle of creation, and I know that we that it's appropriate to refer to the Father as Creator, Son as Redeemer, Holy Spirit as Sanctifier. Mm-hmm. Those attributes are very, very fitting for the three persons of the Trinity. Um, but there's also just the doctrinal truth that when God acts outside of Himself into creation, He acts as one. Mm. Um, and so there's this whole wealth of tradition referring back from Augustine, for instance, he talks about the creator spirit. And then in the, uh, I want to say it's like the ninth century, um, you get this beautiful hymn called the Veni Creator Spiritus. I said in the last podcast that that's been running on a loop through my head. Right. Um, and it, it's the one that we know maybe in English translation as come Holy ghost, creator blessed mm-hmm. um, in this hymn it's so beautiful and it starts to explain who the spirit is and so when for me nurturing this relationship with the Holy Spirit when I want material to work with right yeah um, I often go to things like this 
Um, or I go to what St. Paul says about what a life lived in the Spirit looks like, hmm. as opposed to a life lived governed by the principles of the flesh. So like Galatians 5, yeah. the fruits of the Spirit. But personally, since you did ask a personal question, <laughs> um, personally I've noticed that over the last year I've prayed a lot more to the Holy Spirit. I'm constantly put in situations in ministry where I don't really know what I'm doing, <laughs> where I have to kind of... <laughs> Kind of take a step out in faith. Um, <laughs> Ones they didn't uh, teach you about in uh, seminary? <laughs> well, I mean, it's all prudential decisions and stuff. Right. But yeah, like, um, where I find, like, okay, I know what I have to do and I'm scared to do it, or I sure hope this is the right thing to do. Right. And I keep having to take a step further and further out in faith, and I find myself praying that that very simple prayer that comes actually from the end of the... Sorry, I, I like the origins of things. So I, I love it. So the the prayer, Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. The first half of that comes from the end of the sequence at Pentecost. It's this. It's another different hymn called the mm-hmm. Veni Sancte Spiritus that we sing at Pentecost. The second half of it comes from Psalm 104, uh, I think verse 30. Um Anyway, I find myself praying that prayer more and more. Come, mm. Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, <laughs> right? You take care of it. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but you do this. Right. If you want to use me as your instrument, fine. But you're the one who's actually at work and in power. Um, and I think being put in all these different situations after this first year of parish ministry as a priest even though I came back from Rome after three years as a student priest and was like, yeah, I know what's up, no mm-hmm. big deal. Um, there's so many different things where I find myself relying more and more on the power of the Holy Spirit, asking more and more for his gifts and his grace and his guidance in these ministerial situations that I think I've grown a lot closer in my understanding of the Holy Spirit as a person hmm. um, over the course of this year as well. Now, but has that been a tough rub for you between, you know, you do have, you know, your UD background and mm-hmm. you have the, so for those who don't know, you studied uh, at the Biblicum, correct? Yes. So you, your, what degree did you get? It's called an SSL, <laughs> a license in sacred scripture. There you go. Um, <laughs> He's licensed the, to carry the Bible. Yeah. That was terrible. From, okay. That was really bad. That was a pity, <laughs> pity yeah that I gave you, but I'd appreciate it if you said the full name, the Pontifical Biblical Institute. Okay, there you go. Um, yes, I the Biblicum. Okay, so um, the um, so you study there. You know, you have this wisdom and this knowledge of Scripture. Um, you've kind of wrestled with this kind of charismatic side of it, right? And mm-hmm. um, I, I think that's good for people to hear, right? I think most oh, Catholics. Yeah, for sure. um, wrestle with that right Mm -hmm. what how did that come about this past year because i remember us talking about it in one Mm -hmm. of our back patio sessions at my house um hanging out and so how did that come about and what what did you wrestle with what are you wrestling with in regards to kind of the holy spirit and let's just use the term the charismatic movement right? right um um which can mean a lot of things but um share a little bit about that yeah um so here's the thing, like coming in, you know, I've studied a lot of theology. And as you said, my background is, is in a different uh, flavor of spirituality, if you will. And the charismatic movement and all of its 
uh, various affiliates yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uses a very particular vocabulary. Um, and that was something that, you know, I've never had to really grapple with straight on. It's like, okay, that's fine. But then there is such a strong kind of charismatic element, at least um, in many people here at this parish, yeah. that after after a little while of being here, it wasn't, I don't know, two months or so, it was like, okay, this is something I have to come to grips with because I see um, these very holy and like beautiful spirit-filled lives um, of my parishioners and of the staff here, and they're coming from this place that I haven't ever really engaged and tried to like form a mm. personal synthesis. So my normal approach to things like that is let me get a lot of books and try and read everything I can. <laughs> learning um, to read. Yeah, learning to read. So I read a bunch of books um, and started to get my mind around the language and how it was used. And by that, I mean things like praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? That's a biblical term that comes from Acts of the Apostles, but it's also a bit confusing because mm. we have the sacrament of baptism and we have the sacrament of confirmation as well with the laying on of hands. And that has a very strong, um, like, this is when you receive the fullness of this gift of the Holy right. Spirit. And so there's kind of a sacramental versus charismatic tension that I was grappling with, uh, grappling with, not grappling. We'll I'm just going to call myself out on that one. <laughs> um, and I find that like the deeper I go into it and try and form some personal synthesis like that, the more I come to understand like that there is a harmony between the two. That's a matter of emphasis um, more than it's a matter of like two totally different things. Right. So. That's speaking kind of in an abstract way. I can um, understand that. But it's, it's really the, the way I approach this. And then also just seeing um, like the beautiful witness of so many people here at this parish. Mm-hmm. Um, and even of people who like praise and worship music. Like I'm starting to like it a little bit. I don't know the <laughs> just names. Just a little of any, bit. I, I like it fine, but I don't know the names of any of the songs except for Oceans. That's the best one, right? You would shout out Jaime Resendez. Um, Jaime. Um, which which is a beauty about kind of what we're trying to do with this podcast is show two different cultures. You know, we joke about it a lot, but um, that is something you would rather hear chant. And I would rather hear praise and worship, right? Um, mm-hmm. That is just um, particular backgrounds that we come from and things that we love and things that we encounter and ways that we encounter the Lord. And I think it is a beauty instead of, it's another way that I always feel we just continue to divide the church on instead of, you know, understand and respect each beauty that is being, um, you know, like that I can respect and understand Gregorian chant, Mm -hmm. even if it's not my personal favorite, you know, in the same way that you, you know, can come to, you know, respect and uh, like praise and worship, you know, and and things like that. And so I I think it is good for our listeners to hear that and to know whatever background they're coming from, you know, say they're coming from an aspect of, yeah, I don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What should I do? Or, man, I am living by the Spirit, you know, um, and I have a deep relationship with the Holy Spirit. I pray to the Holy Spirit each and every day. You know, how can that person journey with somebody as well? And so, you know, I think those are important things for our listeners to reflect upon. If you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, 
any any words of wisdom or knowledge like where where should somebody start they say i know nothing mm-hmm. about the holy spirit where do i start what would you say to them i would start by going to pray and asking for the holy spirit to enlighten you and it sounds kind of like <laughs> cop out <laughs> yeah cop out or meta or something like that but that's how it works like Jesus tells us that he's going to send us the spirit of all truth to lead us into all truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is our counselor, our advocate, the paraclete, the one who stands beside us. Um, like So just a little linguistic tangent, but um, paraclete is a Greek word that means beside called. So called beside. It's one who's called beside. It's a, I think it's a passive participle plus the preposition forms this word paraclete and okay it, i'm sleeping Go okay, ahead. Yeah. no <laughs> and it gets taken up um to be used in antiquity for people like defense attorneys someone who would be called beside you to defend you in a court uh to represent you um but the same also, image of the advocate that we yeah get. exactly an advocate advocatus it's the same word but in latin mm-hmm. called beside or called to advocatus Sorry, vocare is to, to call in Latin. Um, but that's why it's a vocation, by the way. Same word. Anyway. I wish you could all see his face the way it lights up when he gets to <laughs> explain words. It is literally like so nothing happy. I've seen in my life. It kind of drives me a little bit insane. But go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Walk beside. Yeah. So, paraclete, anyway. Like, it's someone who stands beside you, who advocates for you, who defends you but also who guides you and comforts you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's so much of the role of the Holy Spirit in that. Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit as the promise of the Father, Mm. right? Something that he says he promises he will send us and that this advocate that we now have will guide us into all truth. That's the only way to really get to know the Holy Spirit better is to ask that he lead us deeper into that relationship. You can also read some books if you're like me and that's what you, that's the way you approach these things. Right. And anything by uh, Father Raniero Cantalamesa, Raniero Cantalamesa. So for the average person, Ramiro Cantalamesa. <laughs> Cantalamesa. Um, he's got some beautiful books on uh, the Holy Spirit, on the charismatic movement, but he's always trying to do exactly what I said I was I was grappling with over the course of this year, which is to make a synthesis also um, mm-hmm. of that with other spirituality uh, traditions um, and with the Catholic faith. And so, no, just kidding. Um, well, and I would say, too, from the other side, someone who's strong in their relationship with the Holy Spirit, instead of being disappointed in somebody who does not have a relationship, you need to come along. You know, they need to walk alongside and show them those beginning principles of, you know, it wasn't until somebody literally said to me when I did not have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, like, and I was trying to develop this relationship that literally walked me through baby steps of being like, even just like, Say the words before the Lord, come Holy Spirit, right? Like practicals and right. being able to walk beside somebody in that relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because do we agree right now that, you know, during this quarantine, during this... Uh, yeah. uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> uh, during this uh, pandemic, right? We need the Holy Spirit more than ever. Our, our, our oh, yeah, church sure. needs it, all of it. And so with all of that being said... Um, 
you know, we definitely want to pray um, that everybody can obviously build their relationship with the Holy Spirit, encounter it. Um, always closing, we love to talk about um, in our whole one episode um, that we do in our new yeah, tradition, our tradition. Um, moving on from the Holy saving. Spirit. Uh, what you watching, what you reading, what you thinking. Now, I think it could be cool this time to also do some little bit of um, kind of like categories, okay? So mm-hmm. since we talked about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, power, fire, all of that, um, best movie with fire in it you've ever seen? Whoa, what a question. Best movie with fire in it I have ever seen? For some reason, Die Hard just jumped to mind. Is um, it because of that imagery with like the explosion and no, all of that? No, absolutely that. Exactly. Like, I don't think I don't think I would, you know, defend that one to the death, but that's the first one that jumped to mind. Mm. Um, Bruce Willis like walking out from just explosions. It's it's great. It's, it's classic. Good I mean, it, It'll yeah. Do. Um, mine would be um, Ladder Forty Nine. I love that movie. Uh, okay. As a kid, it's a little too obviously easy. yeah. What too easy? It's about firefighters. Oh, <laughs> the question <laughs> was about fire. <laughs> Who fights fire? Firefighters, literally. Come on. What Basically. What do you want? Oh my <laughs> gosh. So anyway, I'm gonna stick with my answer. Ladder Forty Nine. I I love that movie with Keen Phoenix. Uh, it was great. Best. So we always do. What you watching, what you reading, what you thinking, right? So we did watching, um, reading, best book on the Holy Spirit that you've personally, boil it down to one. I know you read a ton. You can't say more than one. It has to be one. Sober Intoxication of the Spirit by Father Raniero, Ranero, Cantalamesa. You actually, so last time I stole yours, the last dance, you just stole yes. mine. So, so um, I do love Father uh, Cantalamesa's uh, um, book, um, Sober Intoxication of the Spirit. I also do like Father Michael Scanlon's um, former president, Franciscan. Um, he wrote a book called Let the Fire Fall. Um, great book on the Holy Spirit that I've encountered. And um, yeah, so I'll toss out that one. And last but not least, what are you thinking? It doesn't have to be Holy Spirit or fire related. I'm still a little caught up that you're insulted by the latter 49 thing, but, um, yeah. you know, so what are you thinking? Deep thought, minimal thought, small thought. Thinking about when the next time I'm going to be able to play golf is. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's not a very deep thought. Not a very deep thought, but a good one. And I am thinking about when is it going to stop raining? I mean, it has been... It's kind of been going on for a while, right? And and it's partly, it, it's a loaded question because I planted sod in my yard, mm. my backyard, because it was a mud pit. Sod? Do you plant sod? You I lay think you it. lay sod. Yeah, but it grows like a plant. Oh, maybe I don't, I don't know, know. what sod is. Could we I get some, it was dirt. Can we get some sod <laughs> experts that are, you know, calling is in from dirt the... Or is sod dirt plus well, grass? Well, there's like dirt on the bottom of this grass that you lay. So oh, it's like... So it's the whole thing is sod? It's kind of like the analogy. Sod is like the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So, um, so um, we laid this sod and Better. to cover mud in our backyard and then... And it was good that it rained, but then it's like, how much rain is too much rain for the sod? And it needs also mm. sun. And so um, part of my worry is that we don't want to um, run into an aspect that, you know, 
the sod's not going to grow and it'll just turn back to mud. So deep thoughts here from the podcast. We thank you all. Were you going to say something Oh, I was just going to say my backyard looks like a post-apocalyptic <laughs> wasteland. There's no grass. <laughs> anyway. For the average person who's not a priest, that is good to know because I think sometimes I think like you all have lavish backyards or something oh, like yeah. that. And so it, it, it's it's good to know sipping that. Sipping fine wine yes, with my nice exactly. grass and sprinklers and everything. No. No, not at it's all. It's a wasteland. <laughs> it's a wasteland. <laughs> That's awesome. We thank you all for joining uh, episode two of our podcast, Prodigal and the Priest. Uh, we encourage you to subscribe, to do all those things that will be coming out with our website and all of that stuff. So this is uh, Joey Scansella, Father Paul Bechter. Take care. God bless.